and conduct of marriage. Every single land. They may not have an opportunity to hear that throughout their lives if they get married and get into trouble or get into it. If you are talking to the singles also, every married land. Because one of the fundamental problems about marriage is what I call derogation from first principle. Every marriage starts with bliss. Beautiful. I love you, I love you, and you love me, and stuff like that. Every marriage does. A marriage who does not start on that premise is not supposed to even hold at all. Alright? Of course, that's by saying that I'm not in, in any way, you know, um, uh, ignoring the fact that it is possible for people to get into marriage without, you know, without, you know, uh, without their full consent. Some people get into marriage towards the last period of their courtship into marriage, they, dis- they begin to discover it's a wrong decision. It happened to a good number of marriages. But because they have printed cards, they have invited people, well, I don't want to feel shame, what would this person say? They, they progress into such marriage. And I have attended to many people from various continents, you know, Asia, Africa, Europe, British, and various Africans. And they have the same problem. Marriage is the same thing in every culture, every language. Regardless of the distinctions of culture and mannerism and philosophy, marriage is marriage at the end of the day. And I've met people who reluctantly went to their marriage. They did not observe any reason why they should not throughout courtship, but a few weeks to the wedding, some issues really flagged up that they began to see the reality of the other side of the person you know, but the fact is this, if you are in courtship and you have even fixed a day for wedding, you are not bound in law and in the scriptures. You are bound when the conductor, either the priest or the, the um, registrar, we ask you if you have any reason why we should not proceed and you say, I do not, then you know, make the vow. Once you make the vow, you are bound. If you haven't made the vow, you are not bound. Anything you make before vow is a promise. A promise can be withdrawn because promise is, you know, is, is a dual ways, but vow is singular. Promise is plural, pluralistic, and, and um, vow is singular. Now, I will help you understand that as we go. In other words, if you make a promise, it's based upon the other person. I promise and you respond. But when I make a vow, I make a vow solely as a human being. And I cannot break it. If you call people to witness a vow on your married day, if you will be legitimate in law and in the scriptures, to break the vow, you must call everybody present at the time you made such vow. Then you will be valid. If you cannot get everybody present, but adventure some who were there at the time of vow have died, then you are locked into it forever. At the same time too, I have never seen a place where somebody married and then he was able to gather everybody back who came to that wedding. It is infinitesimally impossible. So, therefore, 
what we are saying is that a vow cannot be broken while promises can be broken. Okay? During this lecture, I wanted to ask me questions. And I can say to you that ask me questions as in the, in the, in the area of the Bible. But if you have questions in the area of philosophy or law, I am qualified to answer things like that too. In reference to whatever you are asking. But I would rather dwell on biblical principles. Of course, too, every legal things and philosophical stuff always have their roots at the end of the day from the Bible. Now, marriage. The first thing we'll talk about about marriage is the origin of marriage. Not the definition of marriage. The origin of marriage. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 1 I begin from verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Why should we study marriage from the origin? Embedded in the lecture of the origin stems of philosophy about marriage. Anything developed about marriage stems from the fundamental origin of marriage. And when I go through this with you, you will recognize that what I'm saying is correct. Now, chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the seas and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female created ye them. Now if we look at this scripture, you will recognize that the second verse, which is 27, helps us to understand the pre-verse, which is 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man. And if you look at the word man there, he ended up by saying, in verse 27, male and female, he created them. So we understand by that, that the intention of man that is revealed, I call verse 26, God's ultimate intention. So the intention of man, which is God's ultimate intention, in verse 26, for the earth, is to create a man and a woman. The second thing that is very important in this very verse is this. It says, the purpose for man and what is man. Let us make man in our own image. So man is God's image. In our likeness, man is God's likeness. Image is a physical representation of an object. But the likeness is a mannerism of behavior of the object. So, a man will stand before the mirror, he will see a man there. Though laterally, whatever. But then, when the man raises his right hand, the man in the mirror raises his right hand. Anything the man can do, that man in the mirror will be able to do. So the likeness of God in us is what makes, that controls our behavior, our reasoning, 
our abilities, decisions, and all stuff like that. But because in, in, we are looking at marriage here, we will not. We will be. We'll be going into things, you know, into expanding that more along the way. But in the context of application to marriage. Now that is God's intention. Man made in His likeness. Then. The, the purpose of man, he says, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the earth. Now, if you look at this, the purpose of God created man is to be in control of this universe. And that we have displayed in humanity. Now, having said this, God created man and put all his abilities into man, which is the likeness. But for man to function in those abilities, God had to command it to be. And so in verse 28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. So every man can be fruitful. If a man is not fruitful, something is wrong. God did not create a barren. Neither did God create a man who cannot be fruitful. Then God said, Increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, there's a principle I want us to see here. God gave man all his abilities. Isn't it? He made man in his image. And in his likeness. But for man to be able to exercise those grace, he has to bless them. Keep that in your heart. Unless the Lord build a house, the labor even that build it. God blessed them. And this is God of the Bible. But you see, within these verses, we recognize that it began by saying, God said, let us make man. And then he went further to say that God created the man, and then he created the male and the female. Now, within these verses is the record of chapter 2, verse 18 to 24. Let's go to chapter 2. The origin of marriage is what we are dealing with. Chapter 2, verse 18. Because verse 26, chapter 1 says, and God created man in his image. In verse 27, last line it says, male and female, he created them. So within that, those two verses came the, how did this be? How did God bring the woman? In verse 18 of chapter 2, it says, The Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone, I will make him a helper suitable. So we understand by that that God created the man first. And it took a season that the man was alone. But if you look at this scripture, it says now, The Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what the man, what he would name them. And whatever name the man called each living creature, that was its name. So, the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, 
and all the beasts of the fields, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Now, the reason why I read 18 to 20 is because I wanted to explain to us verse 18. You know, verse 18 says, the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone. All right? And then verse 19 to 20, this is the, this is the lyrics of how the Bible is written all the time. He will talk about the theme, then he will explain how that be along. That's the reason why to read the Bible and understand, you cannot take a verse and then just ambassade it with any meaning. You have to read recommended some verses before, probably 14 to 7 verses before, and also 14 to 7 verses after, so that you will not read out of context. You will be able to have a full understanding of the whole word. So here, it says in verse 18 that God said it is not good for man to be alone. Under that, I will say, God, marriage, therefore, is God's idea, not man's idea. Origin of marriage, marriage came by God, chapter 1, from verse 26 to 28. And under the origin of marriage, we saw that God created man and a woman, and we saw that God made them, gave them his abilities, and we saw that God blessed them. Okay? But then, looking further into the origin of marriage, in chapter 2 and verse 18, we discover that it was God's idea, it was not man's idea. Man had been alone from the evidence of verse 19 and 20 with the animals. He never looked for a woman. He never asked for a woman. He doesn't even know a woman exists because a woman never existed. And he was okay and comfortable. And when the time came, God saw that it is not good for man to be alone. Now, can I just help you correct some errors that goes on right now? Marriage should not be initiated by a woman. A woman ought not to approach a man for marriage. And every man must know this. If a woman approaches you for marriage, run for your life. Because it is unethical, it is unbiological for women to approach a man for marriage. Because that is how God created it from beginning. I'm going to deal with the issue of dreams and prophecies and visions. A marriage which has shipwrecked many people because they don't understand that any prophecy or vision must follow the first principle. So it is God's, marriage is God's own idea. God is the one who said it's not good for the man to be alone. Second thing in that verse 18, God says, I will make him a suitable helper. A helper suitable. Which means that no man must see a woman and feel that you just love to marry this woman and jump into marriage. You must seek God. Let God choose for you. Let me say this to you. It is possible for a man to jump into a marriage without God really telling him, and he was just fortunate to marry the right person. I think I would teach you with, um, I always teach marriage with Venn diagram in mathematics. I think on Friday I'll talk about Venn Diagram. I won't talk about personalities and stuff like that. It's all within the context of Venn Diagram. But I'm talking about God's perfect will. Are we together now? Now, the procedure is that God is the one who saw. And God is the one who decided to go and do, bring the woman. So, men must pray. What I'm teaching you 
this, this area I'm teaching you about marriage, I can use myself as an example. Okay? But my example does not apply to everybody. At your level in God, you have ways that God communicates to you. Normally. I would mean that. When I was young, as I see God now, I, even, I think I even sought God more than when I am now. I'm saying that personally. You know, and I still expect to catch up when I stop all these extracurricular activities I'm doing. And in those days too, I have been able to hear God like I'm hearing Him now. I could hear God audibly. I was born in Christ's Apostolic Church. And the doctrine of that church, I've never seen the church better on earth. I say this everywhere I go. You are thought based on the doctrine of the apostles. You don't take a step in life without hearing God. That's what I was taught from my infant. So I grew up to know that the only thing you live for is to serve God and then to go to school. That's all. Went to school, went to church 5 a.m., from church to school, and 6 p.m., 5 p.m., go back to church, and school to church, and then home. That's all my life. And then Fridays, pray from 12 to 6. That was my life. Now, you wouldn't think somebody would see God like that and not hear God clearly. I did. I saw visions. I saw trance. I didn't speak in tongues. But I saw open trance. I, I open vision and trance and stuff. So when I met my wife, I had the voice of God. That's your wife. We'll talk more about that as we go because I want to teach you deeply on this. And I told you also that when we, when we had issues about getting married and my parents-in-law would not agree and all stuff like that, I just went away and, and sought God for days until the Lord took me to heaven. And God brought the calendar of the world and showed me the day that he took me to heaven. And he, gave, he showed me every date, every day, every day, every day, till the date I should marry. When we got to the month, which is March, I think, April. You see, after you have gotten what you want, you don't think about it. <laughs> 30, how many years? 30-something years now. So, when, we, when I got to the April, end of March, really, he now said to me, next month is your wedding. And he said, choose a day. And I chose 30 years. And he said, you got it right. And I was so excited. And he said, you don't get anything wrong before me. You got it right because of me. That's what the Lord told me. And because you are in my presence... That's why you got it right. And then the Lord showed me that day. I saw every human being that would attend my wedding over two years before my wedding day. Okay? I'm saying this because I'm talking to God's people. If you seek Him, you will find Him. When you seek Him with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13. So, and that was the reason why what's one of the pastors I saw in my wedding, who was the one who presided over my wedding and preached, at the time of my wedding, he had been posted to a village several years before the time. And I insisted that they must go bring him. So, what I'm saying by that is that let God choose for you. What about if you're already in your wedding, in your marriage already, congratulations, you are welcome to the empire. There's nothing you can do about it. You already entered. Hallelujah. You have entered into your paradise. But those of you who have not um, married, certainly know this. Let God choose for you. 
Can I say one thing, a story before I go into this? When I was younger, my parents wanted me to marry a lady, and they brought us together, their family friends. And they told us, that is your wife, and this will be your husband. And for four years, we were relating together. In our own days, you don't touch a woman that you have not paid the dowry. That is an abomination. But I'll go to her in her parents' house. She'll come to my house, my parents' house, and we'll talk and stuff. Until 1973. But by 1973, I thought I loved her. You know, because what we call love is when your heart is burning towards somebody. Isn't it? And you like to see the person all the time. You say you are in love, correct? Yes, it is a type of love. But it may not be a true love. It may be infatuation. That is a love that is based upon circumstances. But one day in 1973, I told her, we were discussing, and I told her about, you know, we were talking about family, how we want our family to be. And she said to me that she would never dance in church. And it resonated in my spirit. I said, you mean you won't dance in church? She said, yes. She said to me, I'm a Roman Catholic. But you know, this, all these people who say they are Roman Catholic and they don't go to church, even the father doesn't know them. The Reverend Father doesn't know her. You know, Roman Catholic by name. So I said to her that, but we are both Christians. Will you not dance in church? She said, no, no, I won't. I looked at her eyes. I said, tell me, are you serious? You mean you will not dance before my God? She called me by my name and said, I told you I will not dance because when we get married now, you don't come and force me to be dancing. You people dance in your church and all of you, you don't have shame. Yes. I don't dance in my church. We don't dance. We just go, say prayer, say amen, and go. And I said, for the last time, answer me. She did not understand that my spirit is tuned to the maker, the one who made me. She said, I will not. I said, good night. And I walked away from her, and that was the end of that relationship. She did not wake up that I really stopped that relationship because I couldn't, see, I couldn't, it was like I couldn't sleep if I don't see her daily or speak with her. Our house is just the next door. Okay? And our parents are already taking dowry from one another. Yes, yeah, celebrating all the stuff. So, when I left her, it was after I left her and I now really prayed. And I think a few months after I left her, mommy will know the story of how many months I met her, my wife. And when I saw her, I had God clear, that is your wife. And let me say, when I went to her, she was one of these um, hardcore Christians who don't put on earrings and all stuff. And it was a party that myself and my friends arranged from one of our sisters in the area. And that was the first time she ever came to a party. She borrowed everything she wore from her sister. Because she had been persecuted in her home for years for serving God and not dressing like all others would dress. She doesn't put on powder. She doesn't do anything except white powder, you know. So the first party she came, after a lot of pressure, that was the party I arranged. You can see the hand of God. So the moment 
are coming out, she fell into the hands of her, make, her husband. And the first time she came to my church, we were praying. To my house, we were praying. She came in the morning, we were praying. She came again in the afternoon. It was hour of prayer. She didn't know about hour of prayer. We were praying. We, she came again in the evening, we were praying. She asked me, what, when do you not pray here? And then I introduced that to our prayer. But there's a lot of stories around that. But I'm saying this because it's relevant to my teaching that let God choose for you. If God chooses for you, let me say this to you. You will have satisfaction in your heart. Alright? And that we will get there in a minute. You will not meet the person God chooses for you. And you have one little reservation. You can't. There will be no reservation at all. At all. From your sight to your knowing. So the Bible says God chose. So that will make him a helper. But before we go, go on away from that. You see that verse 18 says, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper. Understand therefore that a woman who is a wife is the only suitable helper to the husband. So when a woman is looking for a man to marry her, if a man approaches you, you want to check who the man is. If you are highly educated, you cannot marry somebody less. You will be frustrated. Because all the brain you have, when you begin to use them as a woman to try to better your family, that man will look at you as if you are contending his authority. And you will be frustrated. I've seen many women. No, no woman get out of it. It's either you will not become like him. Alright? I have to admit, you know, a non-thinking state because of that. So a woman, don't rush into a man maybe because you think I'm, my mates are marrying. You don't have to marry with your mate marrying because you weren't born the same day. Okay? And you didn't come from the same womb. Even if you did come from the same womb, you have, you have different pattern in life. You didn't go to the same school and you didn't have the same exam. You didn't pass. This, you didn't have, you, they didn't mark one paper for both of you. If you go to the same school, you do your exam separately. Therefore, when you talk about marriage, if a man approaches a woman, you know, even if all the prophets in this world said that is your husband, you cannot accept that. What's the first thing is that you must have a weakness in your spirit, you know, very strongly what God, how God communicates with you. Alright? Secondly is that if that is the true person, everything you want as a man is what you'll find in him. So, in other words, a woman that is highly educated, God has educated the husband already. So that when the time comes, God will connect them together. If a woman is a very front, 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 forward thinker, she's always innovating. If she marries a man who doesn't innovate, what happens is frustration. Second side is that a man cannot marry a woman substandard. Because if you are a man who is a visionary, you cannot marry a woman who cannot push your vision. Any man, when you tell, you want a woman when you say to the woman that, look, our five years plan, this year I want to achieve this, next year I will achieve this, next year I will achieve this, next year I will achieve that. Alright? That's the kind of man you are. And you will set out how to achieve it and work hard for it. You cannot marry a loafer who sleeps on bed for 10 hours. Alright? Or a woman who just believes that her own life is just to, 
to clean the home and take care of the home. You cannot, you will be frustrated. You need a woman who can say to you that, do you remember that this is April? You remember what you said in January that we'll be achieving this by April or by May? Now we have one month to go. A woman who can look at your plans in life and say that, okay, since you discussed with me, darling, I was thinking about it. These are my thoughts. And you can take those thoughts and rub mine with the thoughts and you can forge ahead. And, and you don't want a woman who, when you say that this is how we are going, she says, sorry, as far as I'm concerned. Are you together now? You don't want a woman like that. Because I will talk about the road. You know, when in Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says that, the, the, from verse 22, that the woman, the husband is the head of the wife as Christ the head of the church. God did not make mistake. Okay? And any Christian woman should be happy to have a head. Because the Bible says that the head of the woman is the husband and the head of the husband is Christ. I will together now. That does not mean man is superior in any way. You are not superior as a man. What that means is that God has designated to you who is the only true God and the only superior one. He has designated to you different roles. As the man will never breastfeed the children. And there is nothing he can do to make himself breastfeed children. So also the woman cannot be her own head. There is nothing she can do. There are different roles and different grades. Alright? But when we get to that, I will help you understand that. The Bible says the man is the head of the wife as Christ the head of the church. So for a man to be a true head, you have to do everything Jesus did except dying on the cross. I would get the name. Many men don't understand it. They just feel that, oh, I'm the boss. No, you are not. He, the mortal invisible, the only wise God, he is the boss of the house. But you have been given a function to deputize like he would over his church. If you look at Jesus Christ and the church, everything the church will ever need, Jesus provided it before he died. A man must do that too. Jesus has answer for every question of the church. A man must have godly answer for every question of his wife. Jesus was tolerant and patient with the church. No matter how much, you know, unruly or disobedient we are, Jesus will accommodate us. When Jesus... When we go back to Jesus after disobeying him, he never told us that you, shut your mouth, get away from here. You disobeyed me last year. You disobeyed me year before the last. On this date in 1945, you disobeyed me. No. He will talk to you on the premise of now that you have come without referring to your past. So a husband cannot be referring to the past of the wife. I will together now. But don't let, me, don't, don't let me be driven into what I will teach on Friday. Friday I will teach all that. But this time, I am talking about the origin of marriage. Origin of marriage. So, a man must know that your wife is helper. Can I help you understand something here? Especially those of you who are just married. Newly married. You know, when you marry a woman, she's all over the house. You put your shoe here, she takes it and puts it somewhere else. That is a normal woman. Alright? A woman who is a wife, because the way, the architecture of a woman, how God builds the biology of a woman, that's how a woman must function. If a woman does not function that way, that's a defective woman. 
That is a woman that is not functioning in this capacity as a woman. I will talk about cleanliness later. I'm not talking about cleanliness now. I will talk about that, I think, maybe tomorrow. But what I'm saying to you is that the way... Look, I have boys and a girl that I give birth to by God's grace. One of the things that I found out with my girl is that when she was young, she would always be all over the whole house, you know, putting things right, setting things, going to the kitchen. My boys just do not. If my boy do things like that, I will tell them that you are not a woman. Yes, I'm not talking about home economics now. I'm talking about, you know, the nature of a woman is... Well, I was taking my daughter one day. I have that photograph till now. I used to, you know, whenever I, I, I want to town, I will bring those photographs. We were going to train station. She was like this. And she saw lilies. In the, it's lilies, the, the lily that grows. No, they are lilies. <laughs> you know, those flowers that are white and they have yellow on top of it, small, small like this. Lazy. Daisy. Okay, okay. Forget about it. I'm from Bagura, <laughs> a village of Abekuta. The city surrounded by rocks. Never to be invaded by America or Europe. Now, listen to me now. See, those flowers on the ground, on the field, and my son will just keep going with me because I'm taking them to the train station. But my daughter, when she gets to that, those flowers, she begins to go to the flowers and she begins to, and she sat down with the flower. I was first angry, but then I recognized she's a woman. If something does not attract her, then she's not a woman. She was manifesting herself as a woman. So what I did then is that I now decided to take her photograph when she was doing that. Because she knows that all the time we pass that field. She'll be pleading. And if I take her, let's go. She'll be crying. Okay. She's crying. Okay. Satisfy yourself. She satisfied herself. I will pluck some and give it to her. She threw that away. She'll pluck her own. <laughs> So when she plucks her own, I say, okay, you finished now? Okay, let's go. Then I will carry her and take her away. But my sons, if my son is going to fly, I say, what's the matter with you? Sorry, dad. He follows me. He follows me. Okay? He will not argue with me at all. Now, you can begin to see this distinction between the man and the woman. So if the man, the woman is at home, she's always looking for something to help today. And if the man is a busybody who is creating nothing for the woman to help, then the woman will begin to dictate this pace. The family goes. Then they'll be rift. You get it now. This is very fundamental. The woman is suitable helper. I'm, I'm moving away from here now. Because I've helped you understand that because the woman is a suitable helper, a woman must not marry a man substandard. Always you'll be frustrated. Somebody is seeing a vision that this is your husband. Tell them, keep your vision, or you go and marry that man. Never you marry someone because somebody got up in church and said that, I have a dream. I saw you and this person marrying. Don't ever you base your marriage on somebody else's dream. Because that dream will not live with you in that matrimony. The persons that you should marry when you meet the person, there will be a weakness in you without any reservation. You may not be able to put your finger on why. Okay? 
but there'll be a, a you know you know a connection within you, then you as a believer you can pray. Because sometimes some of you are not able to distinguish between your feeling and spiritual weakness. You know, the Spirit of God speaking. So you can pray and seek God in prayer and God can show you. Okay? Clear visions and revelation. That is after the man has approached you I'm talking about. A woman don't go and pray over a man that had not approached her. It gives back to depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a good number of women they got depressed by that. A woman has come before me before. A man fixed in London here. A man fixed his wedding date. And that month, another girl came to me and said that, no, I'm the one she's, he's marrying. Yeah, because the man is a pastor. The man too was not a good pastor because he had taken about four girls out. Hmm? So, and the woman was telling me how she buys coats for him, suits for him, and he wears her suits, and how he buys her clothes. A man must not go and buy suit for any woman unless the one you marry. Okay? Because it will send wrong signal. And I was telling the woman, and I recognized that she had gone into psychotic stage. <laughs> you understand now? She's getting mad. Because the marriage is just about two weeks or so. And she was in my office telling me how much that, that marriage will not hold. I'm telling you, I'm supposed to. I say, I'm so sorry for you. It has held already. <laughs> It is, it is to be held, but it has held. And unfortunately, from that year till today, I haven't set my eyes on her. She might, you know, she was just talking all over the whole place. So, if a woman, a woman cannot pray to God that is this my husband, if the man has not approached you, neither can you go to a man and say that I had a dream about you. If any man, if any woman approached you like that, Look at that woman 200 times, all right, and arm's length, so that you will not fall into a snare. I will together now. So, verse 21, therefore. So, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. I want us to look at this. This is the first surgery, open surgery. And it says, Then the Lord God made the woman from the rib. I'm not uh, going to really talk much about verse 21. I love to talk with doctors about this so that we can go a little bit into their science. But God caused the man to sleep, a deep sleep. I think that is where all these anesthetics came up from. While he was sleeping, God took the rib. Now, why would God take the bone from the rib? That is what is symbolic to you and I. Why didn't God take the bone from the head? All right? After all, the head engages the brain. I think it's because the rib engages life of man. That is where your heart is. Your ribcage covers your heart. Towards the bottom of it, it you know, your lungs, your kidney and all the intestine and stuff. And when God took the rib cage, from the rib cage and took a rib, it's not without pain. 
Because I know from medical doctors, some very senior medical doctors had discussion with me before on rib, that when your rib is broken, you suffer the most severe pain of your body. Because your rib, when it's broken, especially the area of rib and cartilage, there is no medical treatment to you. You have to leave it to him. By itself. Okay? Your rib, therefore, is very fragile. And is the one that engages your life. I would get that now. No wonder... When the, when the Lord brought the woman to, to, to the man, the man called the woman Eve, which means life. Eve is synonymous to life and light. Out of her, all life came. All right? So there are four men should know this, that their wives are fragile. No matter how muscular a woman is, she is a weaker sex. The Bible says. And if you look at women, no matter how strong, controlling that is in, this, in the secular world, like Margaret Thatcher, how powerful, but she is weaker sex. I would get that now. She is weaker sex. Which means that you can't handle women anyhow. You can't just get angry and pull their hand. Alright? The pain they will suffer will be more than the pain and a man will suffer of the same, you know, age. But when you look at a woman, they look very, very, very strong. But no, the, the Bible tells us the woman is a weaker sex. Therefore, handle with care. Why did God allow the man to sleep where he made the woman? I will say, because God does not want the man to say, I am superior to you. Because I was there when you were made. I know how you were made. I would gather now. So God made man sleep, created the woman. Really, Adam knew nothing of all what God did. It was God who told him the story. Because God was the only one who was there. No angel was with them. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created man. A man creation, angels are excluded. So that angels cannot claim superiority over the sons. Angels just saw man. What is this? This is God? And the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit said, yes. They are sons of God. Alright? Demons are not sons of God because somebody has asked me the question before that um, in the book of Genesis, maybe we we'll treat that on Friday, that when the sons of God began to mix with the sons, with daughters of men, and they referred to Nephilim. Nephilim were not angels, they were human beings. The Bible tells us that. Because angels cannot have intercourse, sex with man. Impossible. 
They do not have sexual organ. Angels don't have sexual organ. Jesus says so too. So Nephilims were human beings. The descendants that came from Seth and the descendants that came from from Cain. And we'll see that in the book, in the record of Matthew, no, in the record of Luke. Okay, so let's go ahead. Therefore, man must take care of the wife as a fragile vessel. Then the Lord God said, the Lord God made a woman from the rib, taken from the man, and brought her to the man. Let God choose for you. Verse 23 says, the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Right? She shall be called what? Who named her woman? Because he is the man, he is the one who named all the animals. And who called them what they are. Whatever name he called them, that's what they are. You understand the principle of that? In verse 18. So when God now created the woman, God will not take, he will not do the job of Adam. He came and he gave the woman to the man and said, tell me, what is this? And the man said, you remember I told you, Jesus said, when you are before me, you can't, you can't get it wrong. No wonder Adam couldn't get it wrong. Adam had to name the woman according to God. And Adam was perfect, he said, because she came out of me. Yes? And so God said, all right, you got it right. Therefore, both of you are one, not two. Because in verse 26, he says, let us make man in our image. Before verse 27, you remember when he says male and female. So the male and female are one. So husband and wife are no more two. You can see that in this, in this first principle is everything. It says then the man said, Thou, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Then God says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united or cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now can I say something to you? Verse 23 tells us, that the man acknowledged that this, after God told him the story, this is my bone. And this is my flesh. She shall be called me. So when you talk about divorce, it is to kill a man. You are cutting one into two. He lives no more. Take an ox, a cutlass, and dissect the man into two. He's dead. So when God says man and the woman are one by marriage, you die like that. That's what he's saying. You just got to die like that. That's the reason why those of you who have not jumped into it should think twice. Twice, thrice, twice. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Just don't jump into it. I love his, his clean shave. You don't eat clean shave when you get home. I would gather now. Oh, his mustache is very coily. Love do go sour. 
Okay? And that is where true love shows up. You lock your head, you become one. So in the church of God, there is no such thing as divorce. It does not exist. What about those who go and divorce themselves? Before God, you are still one. You join yourself with many men and many women. Before God, you have married several people. But the one you marry first, that is your husband. All that that you are going to marry and well, all those stuff, you are just joining yourself with many people. Because what God has done together, the Bible says, you said, let no man, God said in the beginning, let no man put us under. You join yourself with a woman or with a man, you die with it. Because you are one, you cannot be caught together, caught into two. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. Oh, I hate him. Well, you have, you have to live with what you hate. Because you chose him. Oh, she's fire. Turn yourself to air condition. <laughs> oh, become a fire brigade. All the time, quench the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why you, you, you need to become a fire brigade. Just quench the fire. There is no excuse you can give that can absorb you from that covenant. That's why I was saying you promise and covenant are two different things. Bone of your bone, flesh of my flesh, but how does this come to be? There is a question in law about that. And it is scriptural. The verse 25 says, The man and his wife were naked and they felt no shame. So if a man is naked to another woman that is not your wife, you should feel ashamed. And if you are a woman and you are naked to a man who has not married you, you should feel ashamed. Because what can cause you not to be ashamed in your nakedness open is that you are open your nakedness to your wife or your husband. Listen to me. This is the word of the Lord. Another thing I tell you this. The Bible says here, if you look at it, as you have been hearing, it's saying, Adam, then Adam said, this is bone of my bone. She shall be called woman. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be cleaved to his wife. And the word wife was used first when the unity of flesh came, which is consummation in marriage, which is a sexual intercourse after marriage. That is where the oneness is established. This is the scripture. So if you sleep with several people before you marry, you have multiple personalities, spirits, demonic. You have to just overcome it. Cleanse yourself of that. That's the reason why for you men, we always teach you, keep yourself from women. And from you women, keep yourself from men. You imagine that if you sleep around with somebody and that person now came to church with his wife and you came with your own husband, and both of you have seen your nakedness. What's, I mean, consider now. It doesn't look sensible to me and to the Bible. That's why I've often told you in this church, no woman under heaven can walk into my meeting and say that. Ah, you slept with me before. He will tell me whether it's in the spirit. Oh yes, he will tell me whether it's in the spirit. I had a privilege of being brought up the way I'm bringing you up. They didn't. They told me about demons and they told me about man. 
And my father always told me, if you, are, if you just do those things, you will open yourself to demonic oppression. It may be very terrible for you. God will deliver you, but not without suffering. And I always said to me, my son, don't, don't, I don't apply for suffering. I would get it now because it's not good to suffer. Understand this, therefore, those of you who are not married. Arms length. Oh, he promised he would marry me. What about if he changed his mind the last minute? Nobody is bound to marry anybody until you come to the altar and we even ask you in the altar, you can still change your mind and walk away. And you're no more married. The one says that, ah, he promised he would marry me. They fixed my marriage date. Everybody who thought we would marry, if he decides not to marry you before the marriage date, he hasn't sinned. He hasn't sinned. There was a woman who came to CFT one day, pregnant, about uh, seven months or so, about six months. I think she was seven months because she was heavy big. And uh, she was crying. She was crying. I said, what's the matter with you? She said, I, I had a boyfriend. We lived together for 12 years. I said, what do you call him? Boyfriend. I said, and you live with him for 12 years? Ah, uh, you're a wicked girl. <laughs> she said, she said, Apostle, I did not know. Were you not going to church? She said, I will say, I will mention the name of the church so that you will not blank that church. I say, no wonder. In that church, nobody preaches. You just go there, say, pray, and then go. And I said, okay. Now, what happened? He said, we fixed our wedding in London here. And we printed leaflets. Eh, um, I said, leaflets. Evangelism. Evangelism. He said, the, the, the printed invitation card. Okay? So, after printing invitation card, you know, everybody was getting ready. How family are getting ready? Got ready, and his family got ready. And then, seven days to the wedding, the man vanished. He went to work, he didn't come back. They went to police. Police couldn't find him. They did everything they could do. They couldn't find him. And then, the family told him, don't worry, he will show up. Six days to the wedding. Five days to the wedding. The wedding day. She would dress in white gown. Her father, a representative, took her. The man would come. Best man was there. Family was there. Husband, family, wife, family. The man didn't show up. The priest waited and waited and waited. He didn't show up. Then the priest said, well, we have to call this wedding off. They have booked hall. They cooked. They went to their hall and ate But no wedding took place. That was the beginning of her demise. Because she was pregnant. So she started going from place to place. Looking for her husband. You know, she almost went mad. So anywhere they said there is prayer, she would go there. And you know, she became a victim in the hands of stupid deliverances, deliverances, deliverance minister. Very, very foolish to say you are a deliverance minister. Very ungodly, unscriptural to say a thing like that. We have only one deliverer. His name is Jesus. He will walk through all Christians. Every Christian can cast out demons. Matthew chapter 16 verse 17. So to claim that you are a deliverance minister, you are claiming that you, can, you are a person who can do what a baby Christian should do. I don't think these guys read the Bible, really. 
And you know when they get to them, they give you a prescription like doctor. They first ask you a question, how does it do you? How did it how did it? At the end of it, they give you the prescription. Have you seen Jesus examining people before telling them what to do before? That is what deliverance ministry makes you do. It's an antichrist spirit. Christians cast demons out, but we are not deliverance ministers. It's only he who heals through us and casts out devils. So she was a victim. Prayer to break her neck, fasting in her pregnancy stage. You know, with that, she would do anything they told her to do. What about sowing seeds? Sowed many seeds all over the whole place. Collecting money until she hadn't got money anymore. So when she came to me, I said, with all this catalog of encounters you have had all around, there is only one thing you haven't told me. Nobody has asked from God what happened. Among all the people you went to meet, I said, kneel down, let us ask God. Let us ask God. God is not far. You don't need visa to go. <laughs> Brexit or Brexit does not affect God. He will enter Britain. He will get out of Britain. At this will say, we can go get him. Let's go to God. She knelt down. You know, you know, because from the church he came from, it was strange to me, to him, to her. I said, Father, this woman now told me all these stories. Where is that man? Is he dead? Who should have married this woman? Why did the man leave the woman? What? Where is he on earth? And the Lord told me. The Lord said, tell her. She's the one who drove the man away. Because of her behavior. I said, yeah. You see, the one you live for him, with him for 12 years is not a problem in this one now. Though that's a problem on his own. Because if a woman lived with a man for 12 years and the man didn't marry her, he will soon see another girl that he hasn't slept with. And that will look like a brand new machine. And it will tell the old one that uh, you are fired. Even the new one may not be as beautiful as the old one, but he's seen too much of her. That is the, that is the, that is, you girls need to know the way men think, that is it, I'm telling you, I'm a man. Men, am I telling the, the truth or false? Men should answer me, am I lying or saying the truth? I'm telling the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Man, all men, they think like that, including myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that you don't say that, ah, yeah, yeah. Do, we cannot do that. But I mean, if you have, if you have been sleep, living with a man for 12 years and you're not married, what else are you? So a brand new girl came. He would just follow that one because he hasn't seen that one naked, yes? So cover your nakedness until your wedding for the one you marry. Whatever the case may be. So, God told me that it's a character that sent the man away. I said, ah, what did you do to the man? Tell me. Ah. You know, when God speaks, you stop prayer. You just say, in Jesus' name, amen. That's a stand up. Let us talk now. God said, you drove that man away with your character. He said, yes, I'm the one. I said, it's not a matter of he, 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 now. <laughs> it's not a matter of all the he cannot bring the man now. If you are the one who, by your own bad behavior, anger the one you refuse to stop being angry. An angry man is, is a hungry man. A hungry man is an angry man. 
I said, there is only one solution to sin. It's repentance. If sin took him away, if you repent, and you repent unto God, because for sin to have consequence over you, it cannot be sin unto man. It must have been sin unto God. We make mistakes to man, but when you sin unto God, then hell set loose. I said to the woman, kneel down there. The God who spoke to me now, beg him to forgive you. Maybe he will talk to us again. So we've called called the first order. The next order is, where is the man, by the way? I say, beg him. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Which is what God needs. A broken heart. A broken heart. She really prayed and plead for mercy. And I know if anybody pleads for mercy, God will hear. God doesn't look at your mistake anymore. So, when she began, I say, now you have repented. Will you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I will. I led her to salvation. After, now she is a son of God. I said, look at me. This Sunday, your husband will be in this church with you. She said, what did you say? I said, this Sunday, this Sunday coming, I am telling you, the one you repented unto, his hand is upon me. Your husband will be here with you. She left. Friday night, BG, she was there. The man hasn't come. She finished Friday night. Her belly is like this. When you have something chasing you, you will come to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. So on that Friday, she prayed. She was in Nigeria. Our Nigeria in those days is very, very short. 12 to about 4 or 5. Just, you are lucky. So, after we finished praying, she went home. Behold, when she got home, her telephone rang. She picked the telephone. Hello? And the guy mentioned his name. She dropped the telephone. He can be. She said, then, she recognized what she has done. She picked the telephone again. Hello, hello, hello. And the boy said, I'm the one. I'm coming home. He said, please, please. I'm coming. All right, see you shortly. The man put the telephone down. She didn't sleep. Night vigil to day vigil. And then, after many hours, the door knocked. She opened the door. It was the man. And I've told her, if you repent unto God for the sins you committed against God through man, you must also repent unto man. That's what the Bible says. She knelt down at the door, held his leg, started crying, please forgive me, please forgive me. The man said, I have forgiven you. The man said, I have forgiven you. Whatever he called, called his story long short. Or story short long. The short, the long story short, the short story long. Okay, whatever the case may be. So, you know, that night it was like it didn't happen. The man slept at home. And it says that the woman now told her that, I went to a church. She told her all her demise. 
all her journey. She now said, I went to a church and the pastor of that church told me on Wednesday or Thursday that you will be in, you will be in his church on Sunday. He said, and we don't know where you are on earth. And you called. He said, I was, on, I was in the night vigil on Friday. He said, and you called. The man said, I will be in that church tomorrow. See, when they came in tomorrow, I gave an altar call. Alright? And the man was standing on my left side. Okay? And the woman was in the altar call. But she was on the other side. So I began to minister to each person. When I got to the man, and the Lord said to me, Ah, evangelist, run away. You know, Holy Spirit is very interesting. You can't run from him, says the Lord. The hand of God is upon you to use you. Where have you been running to? God didn't talk about his wife. His He's talking about him running away from him. God brought him because he is a servant of God, but all his life he has been running away. He, ne- he went on his knees and broke down. And he said to ask the Lord to have mercy on him. Led him to Christ back. By the way, who are you? The woman shouted, that is my husband. I said, oh, you are the man that God spoke about. Get up, my friend. <laughs> you know, I just brought the woman. I will wed you right here now. <laughs> I said, take your wife, go home. You see, you left her. She's now a brand new person, a child of God. I said, look at your husband now. He's a brand new man. She was probably about a month or two to deliver. And they went to court, did their wedding marriage. Now, not noise one. She gave birth to a twin. All right. So, there is nothing God cannot do. But I told you this testimony because in teaching you about the scriptures, we need to help you understand that the Bible is not a storybook that is even happening right now as it's written in the scriptures. So we have looked today at the origin of marriage and in this we have only dwelt on the book of Genesis chapter 1, uh, 26 to 28 and Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18 to 25. Now, can I say this to you? Keep this in your heart and we will go from here tomorrow into a deeper things. So I helped you understand a little about how do, you, how do you know the person you should marry if you have not married? Yes? I've helped you understand that. You know, the word naked, tomorrow we're going to explore that. And we're going to see the word naked because it says that the two were naked and they had knew no shame. And then we will now go into the relationship of husband and wife. Plus, also, when a person is in courtship, you know, the word naked, we recognize that it came from intercourse. Alright? But then it also is significant in the area of um, significance. And it went for that book of Ecclesiastes chapter, chapter 4 from verse 9. Talking about nakedness means transparency. Alright? If, uh, if you meet the person you marry, the person you marry, let me tell you one thing that will first happen. All his life, all her life, she will tell you within two seconds. 
Alright? The person that you marry will never hide who he was or who she was to you. Alright? Immediately after you have met the person and you have both, you have approached and you say, yes, I'm talking about that. They say, oh yes, I'm married to you and you have said, you know, you have met the person. No, no, not married now. You have met the person and you start a relationship. Okay? The person that you will marry will tell you that I will marry you. For many reasons. One is because it's, it's for protectionalism. It's a protectionist idea. That I've met you. I will marry you. In other words, don't say yes to any other man. Yes? And she too will say, I will marry you. Why? Don't go to another woman. That's been transparent. Now, for you to be sure that I intend to marry you, anything about my life, I tell you. Good and bad. You just have to take me as I am. This is my family structure. This is who I am. This is what I have. I don't have this. This is my level of academics. I failed when I did that exam. I didn't pass it. Or I passed that. This is what I am. If you are doing business, you will tell the person, this is the business I'm doing. I'm buying charcoal in Wales. I'm selling it to customers in Dubai. Really, this is the address of the customer. This is what they, they are company. Because you see, decision of marriage attracts love. Where there is true love, openness completely. Openness completely. I can't be telling you that, oh, I'm a businessman. If I'm saying that to you, I'm not serious. You will not tell me that. Oh, I'm working, I'm working in the city. There are many places they work in the city. I am a cleaner in the city, and I clean in, in um, uh, 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 this building, CSI. I know that that is, you are a cleaner and you are cleaning there. I still love you and it's my own business. Oh, I work in, you know, Southern Council as account assistant. What will happen to me next time? I want to come to Southern Council to visit you, isn't it? Because I know you are working there. Oh, hello, how are you? Just passing by. He's passing by too. Huh? So, where there is true love, test of true love, genuine love, is openness and transparency. I will call it reckless openness. That is an openness without any restriction. Because a person you are going to open your nakedness to, you will tell the person you are. Even you will tell the person your problems, you know, so that you can help me pray. If any relationship have a little bit of restriction or, you know, uh, somebody not being plain. There is no love there. That is infatuation. Infatuation is a type of love that poses himself as love, but in the true sense, it's not love. It can be irritable. It can be disappointing. It can disappoint. It is based on a particular thing which if that person sees better thing in another person, he will just jump you straight away. You know, a man saying to you, man, I love you, I love you, doesn't mean he loves you. 
Neither is a woman telling you, man, I love you, means she loves you. Let me tell you, woman, if a man loves you, if a woman loves you, she just submits. That's how you know a woman who loves you. A woman can't say she loves you and she's always arguing with you. Ah, that kind of love is not love, it's infatuation. When a woman, if, if a woman is a great argumentator and she meets the person she will marry, she will become opposite to Anything you say, yes. If she's going to talk to you, she will talk with kindness, honor, respect, and dignity. She wouldn't be arguing with you. If the person is involved in arguing with you, there's no genuine love. The same way, a man who will marry a woman will be lavishious. Pound no change. You understand what pound no change is? You know, you give her money to pay for, you know, you just took coffee and tea and stuff like that. And she came and said, oh, darling, this church, and said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. That is pound no change. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry, that's all right, yeah. Uh-huh. She, will, she will show care for you, all right? She will want to do everything in her power to show physically. Love to a man is physical demonstration. Love to a woman is emotion. Do you understand? We'll look at that deeper tomorrow. Many men miss that in marriage and their wife suffer. To a woman, when a woman says, I love you, what she's looking for is care. Okay? Young, you young married, I will, I'm going to charge you after this hint I'm giving you. So that, you know, you say to a woman, you love you, you love you, she wants that. If you don't tell your wife with your mouth, I love you, I love you, I love you, you'll be in big trouble before God. Because it is the man who said, this is flesh of my flesh. Bone of my bone. She needs it. Is that what I am? She will say. That's what you are, darling. Oh! <laughs> oh! I've, I've, I've met, I've met an old, old uh, married couple. Tell me you love me. I love you, darling. That's it. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> In their old age, their chicks have gone inside. But that's the, that's the game, you know. So the more you tell the woman you love her, the more you can have cool breeze. If you don't tell your wife you love her, you're in a big trouble. Who are you looking at, liking on to? Jesus told the church how much he loved the church all the time. Isn't it? But at the same time, in courtship, if you begin to see smoke without fire, pack your bag and baggage, run for your life. I watch, are we together now? Pack your bag and baggage and do what? Run for your life. Shall we stand up together? We're going to pray now. You want to put your hands together, do so. Ah, is it not enough for you to clap? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what we're going to do here now? We're going to pray from that verse 20, 24 and 25. That's what we're going to pray. And this is going to be for two, two we'll pray for two people. We'll pray for men, uh, for married couples. It says, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united or cleave to his wife. And they will become what? One flesh. And it says, and the man and the wife was naked. 
and they felt no shame. So we're going to pray for bonding of unity and transparency. A man cannot buy a property without his wife knowing that. Same thing, a woman cannot go and be acquiring wealth somewhere, property, and his wife doesn't know that he had bought the property. If you bought property to surprise her, tell her after you have bought it immediately that this is your surprise. She must not hear from somebody else. It's no more surprise. Isn't it? Isn't it? You know what the problem about this is that if a man dies in the midst of planning, who inherits her? The wife. If you are married, prima facie. Huh? If you have a family home and you did not put your wife's name in it, the moment you die, constructive trust kicks in. She owns 50% of it. Absolutely. I thought you asked me a question in law, asked me a question in the world, I will be able to answer you. Because when I was doing family law, I did it with my eyes, my ears, my nose, because I want to be in a better position to, to counsel you. What God has joined together, let no man put a son. We're going to pray, Father, every word of partition in marriages, break them down. Lift up your voice, I begin to pray for marriages. Every wall of partition in marriages, break them down, Lord. Let's pray for unity, the bond of peace in every family, in every marriage here. Our intention when we go into marriage is to love one another for the rest of our lives. Let us pray against every storm of life. Every storm of life. That the Lord will quell it. Tonight, God will bring bonding, peace, and unity. Tonight. Tell the Lord. Let us pray for understanding within minds of married people. Let us pray for transparency. The man and his wife were naked. They felt no shame. Complete openness. Complete transparency between a husband and a wife. Complete openness and transparency. Pray to God. Let there be transparency. Complete transparency. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying. We're going to pray for those who are not married yet. Even if they are engaged in relationship, we're going to pray for them. Because relationship doesn't mean you should marry. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> what I pray for all of you who are under me is that you will marry your own bone if you're a man. You're real. And I pray for you, my women, uh, to marry the man from whose rib you were healed. Somebody came to me among the members of my church before and said to me, that, ah, Daddy, I have found a woman I will marry. And it's my son, my very dear son. You know, not all sons are very dear. 
even to God. He is very, very close to me. So, I said, who are you talking about? And the first said, I said, how did you know that? He said, I had a dream twice. Who are you talking about? He mentioned the name. I said, capital letter N-O. You will be dead. You will not marry this one. He said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, you are both day and night. The woman was a member of my church. Because somebody comes to my church doesn't mean I will approve him to marry you. I told that young man, then, you are day and I'm the father of the church. I know everybody well. But I'm not permitted to tell what I know when it's secret about people. Because the reason for the church is maybe they will change. Why that man put hot water on his head. He will not speak. That is the kind of man he is. Anything you do to him, he will bear it, even if it's not good. So, a woman that will marry her, him, must be a woman who will appreciate that strength, okay, and turn it positively. Not a woman who will oppress him. If you oppress him, rather than he to confront, he will just keep quiet. So, he needs a woman <clears throat> sensible, mature, very sensible. Who will not exploit him? But he will use that, his quietness, turn into strength. He was intelligent. I said, forget it. So, the other, he said, yes sir, thank you sir. Already he has done, they have started to eat. He stopped all the eating. Yes, because I mustn't see you. Even say hello. Yes sir. But right there I knew his wife. And I told him that. But your wife is this person. Sensible, cool-headed, mature, industrious. He said, that's your wife. Ah, he said, I can't talk to her. I said, I know. When you look at that woman, her personality, charisma, it intimidates you. How many of you men, your wife was like that to you before you married her? Now that you married them, finish, you don't know it again. To go and talk to them that can I, can I, you, you dressed up and you went three times and you changed your course. <laughs> I'm going to say it today. I'm going to say it today. You say hello. I say yes. How are you? And you say I, 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 was, I was just, yeah, well, yeah. I hope you're fine. I, I'm fine. She said, say something else. I say, all right. I'll see you. You were so intimidated by her persona. That it is only ghost who helped you to say your first word. And now you are married, you, you are now. Hello, come here. God deliver you. Now listen to me. So that brother left, and I got and just told the lady, forget it, that's it. And a few months after, the other, another boy came to me and said, You know, he said, Daddy. In the same church, this CFT. He said, Pastor such and such told me that this person is my husband. I mean, when you are talking to the father of the house, and you are telling him that a pastor told you under me, I mean, that is stupid. So once he said that, I said, oh, well, have you prayed about it? 
I said this other pastor had a revelation. I said, have you prayed about it? He said, yes, I had a dream twice. I said, okay. Because you said to me that this is your wife. Well, God bless you. He put his head into it. I saw him walking in death like a madman. Out of that marriage. The day they married, they got home. The, the, that day, as they entered from, from reception, that girl said to the man that, this is my house. Do you hear that? This is my house. Okay, in this house, I will wash, I will, I will cook, you will wash the dish. You will hoover the floor, this kitchen, you will mop it. And the man said, yes, yes, darling, yes, darling. And he was telling the man what to do. Following day, whatever happened, she packed all the man's clothes and threw it out of the window. Second, I'm not lying, I'm telling the truth, my leaders know. She packed the, the man's wedding suit. Put it outside for him before he came from work and rain fell on it. I, I was the one now she ran to. I told you, if you come to me and say that this is my wife, well, there are some people you can't tell that don't go ahead. But there are some people, anyone that you know you would tell, don't. And he will still do. Why do you tell him don't? It's how you present yourself. Do you understand? But what I'm saying by that is because I want us to pray for those who are not married yet. You can change your mind any minute. You must not put your head in hell because you don't want to suffer shame. You better you suffer that shame and deliver your head from shame of years. We must, you must not take a wrong step. We will pray for them. It says here, so the Lord caused the man to sleep. Then the, 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 the Lord God made the woman from the rib of the man, taken of the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. That's what I want to pray. That any relationship that any member of this church is involved with, that is not from God, God should frustrate it. You didn't get what I'm saying? Our girls will not marry men who will frustrate them. God will not let it work. It won't happen. The man wouldn't die. They would not die. But God will make them like day and night. I haven't invested on them so much. I don't expect to be mopping up quarrel every day of my life. Same thing with my girls. I don't want to, to give a girl out to a man in marriage in this church. And that girl come back with headaches. So we're going to pray. Any relationship that we shipwreck our women or shipwreck our men, may heaven frustrate it. We will now pray. The one that I engage... That that is their right person God has ordained for them. That God should embellish them together. Bond them together. Well, it is being bonded together because there is understanding. There is transparency. Someone doesn't go to somewhere without telling the other one, I'm going to this place. The place that you go, your partner must know the address where you went or where you intend to go. If it does not happen in courtship, it will never happen in marriage. Are we together now? That is transparency. That is genuine love. So we pray that the Lord will embellish them together. So that they will be born there together. And those who haven't really said yes to anybody, that the Holy Ghost will direct them. Shall we just begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Every relationship that will shipwreck the destiny of our children, we frustrate it in the name of Jesus. We decree it will not take place. 
Lord, we pray. Those of them who have not made decision yet, guide their decision, O God, by your spirit. Do not let the enemy decide for them. Samson was shipwrecked by a relationship. He, he abruptly died without fulfilling destiny. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. God is self of all our bachelors. God is self of all our spinsters. Let us pray that God will grant them discernment, insights, mystery. God will reveal to them by dreams and visions. Clean, clear. The person who will marry and the date of their marriage. The person they will marry and the date of their marriage. And everyone who have met themselves Ordered by God, may the Lord embellish them together. May the Lord bind them together. May the Lord bring forth continuous unity and transparency. Father, we pray thee. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. The Lord brought the woman to the man. Let's pray for all our women who are yet to be married. That the Lord will bring them to the man he has prepared for them. And we want to see this happen in their life. The same thing with our men. God will lead them to the woman he has prepared for them. Shall we just pray that prayer? Father, we pray thee. You brought the woman to the man. So bring our men to the women, bring the women of our men to them, and bring our women to their men. Under my voice, O God, we thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' anointed day, we are praying. Father, we have been praying here from seven for marriages. Everything that we have spoken into family lives, a God and King, by the authority that we receive from heaven, we declare them so. Amen. Holy Father, for those who are yet to be married, it is very hard for a spinster or a bachelor to know the trouble of marriage, especially when they are going the wrong way. Sometimes, Infatuation blinds their eyes from seeing what others are seeing, that the road is blocked. Father, that needs for discernment. To every young one in this house, grant them discernment to God. Every unmarried, male and female, grant them discernment to God. Our men will not marry Delilah. Our men will not marry Delilah. So also, our women will not marry Cain. Father, our women will not marry Cain. They will not marry men who are, who are stingy. Is it Nabal Mami you call that man? Our women will not marry men like labor. They will marry men of purpose. Men who are sincere. Men who truly love. And those who are youngly married, Father, grant them the power to enjoy their life to fullest. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 9 says, Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. 
May love flow from our men to their wives forever. Father, may submission flow from our women to their husbands forever. My God and my King, every contention in marriages, I command them to be removed. Every evil spirit assigned to marriages, I banish them from tonight. May the Tower of Babel over marriages be destroyed completely. May the Lord confuse the languages of those (coughs) sent by the enemy to infiltrate your marriages. You will succeed. You will prosper. You will rejoice in the wife of your youth. Your fountain shall be blessed in accordance with the word of the Most High. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Please let's sit, uh, sit for a minute. I want to say this. I want to say this. I want to say this. I want to say this.